0: Just make sure you try to find somebody that's impartial and and focused on on the side of planning so that they can kind of go over the pros and cons and and run a couple different scenarios for you to kind of talk to you about what different ways to create income in retirement.
1: Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast. With certified financial planner Anthony Alpha, here's your host, Ben Jordan. Welcome into All Things Retirement, it's alongside Anthony Alpha, a certified financial planner and the founder at Cardinal Wealth Group. I am Ben George. Today, we're talking about decumulation, five things you need to know about it in order to retire successfully, and it's an area a lot of people don't think about, but today we want to talk about why it's so important and the things you need to be considering when you get to this stage of retirement.
0: Anthony, welcome in. How's it going? Everything's going great, Ben. Thanks for asking.
1: Good to hear. As you've been able to get out to the golf course and join... Uh, a little break from work from time to time?
0: Yes. My score is not decumulating; It's accumulating. So <laughs> well played. Uh, well played. Pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty terrible joke. But um, yeah, now playing a little bit. But other than that, just spending time with the fam. I uh, just got back from a small beach vacation. Other than that, uh, that's about it.
1: That's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to talking today about a topic. And I want to point everybody to your website if you haven't visited Anthony's website is cardinalwg.com, very very simple to remember cardinalwg.com. There you'll be able to uh, get your free assessment, you can schedule that right there from the front of the website. You can get all of our podcasts, our archive there as well. Plus uh, there's other ways to contact Anthony. And uh, make sure you you get your tax-free retirement toolkit as well. It's listed online for uh, for anyone that wants that resource. But you know today it's all about accumulation and you know here's why we want to talk about this because a lot of the financial world, it revolves around building your assets, growing that nest egg. There's plenty of advice everywhere you look. You can find how-to guides, you can research, you can find guardrails put in place to help you with your saving and investing. But once it's time to start navigating retirement, there's a lot fewer resources out there for you. So we want to help you with that today and, and what you need to know about spending down and managing your assets and I think it's always a good reminder, Anthony, that you know, retirement planning isn't to get you to retirement, right? It's to get you through retirement.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And I I would uh, agree with what you're uh, mentioning there. There's certainly tons of uh, folks that are happy to uh, talk more about accumulating, but I, I do think that there's less out there when it comes to the, the accumulation process in terms of you know knowing where to go. Yeah. Uh,
1: and that's and that's what you do too, right? I mean, this is part of your overall process. It's you know, not every not every advisor and this kind of leads me into my first point is, you know, not every advisor is set up to help you in retirement. They they're, they're all focused everybody's focused on getting you to retirement, but there's fewer resources and there's a lack of support honestly a lot of times to get you to build a solid plan that gets you all the way through retirement.
0: I think certainly as a percentage of advisors, I mean there's there's certainly plenty of advisors out there that do focus on uh, retirement planning. But I think I don't have statistics to back it up. But I I would say that the majority, whether that's 80% or or more, are probably focused more or less on the accumulation side. So um, so yes, that's our focus. If you were to say, look at our website, say, you know, we're focused on helping people 50 years and older, you know, plan or get ready to retire. You know, that's kind of our niche at the end of the day.
1: So how about the fear of spending? I think this is another point that this really, you know, if you have this feeling, just understand that it's real. Like this is something that everybody kind of feels because you you have that, you're pretty laser focused on saving and getting to retirement, but a lot of people living that life and enjoying it and spending that money down is a little bit tougher and they're hesitant to live because a, you know, you might be worried about spending your money and, and running out, or you just might not be comfortable because you spent all your life. Um, saving the whole time but I think the bigger maybe the bigger thing to focus on is that if you are feeling that way, maybe you need to work on your plan a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely I, I think that it's that's I don't know if people have a fear of of spending, but I, I certainly feel like people are don't want to always be totally realistic with their budgets and I don't know if it's because that they feel, a certain way about saying it out loud of like how much you you spend, and it's almost like feeling uh, embarrassed is probably not the right word, but some type of negative feeling around like, wow, I spend this much per year. I- I'm sure that we can get a- get by with you know this much, which happens to be a lot lower. So, for example, this week we had somebody come in and basically tell us that they wanted about forty thousand dollars for retirement spending. And I asked them about, well, how much you know, do you make in a year, and just kind of a three-point step to kind of narrow down their their spend. We we take their gross income, which was two hundred. We minus their taxes, which we kind of had a rough estimate of, and what their planned savings are and any one-time expenses. And we we discovered that they spend about one hundred thousand dollars a year right now. So, hmm. you know, my question would be like. How'd you come up with forty thousand when you're spending right now about one hundred thousand and i I think for some it's just kind of justifying you know well, we don't necessarily need to spend that much or in the future, you know we won't be spending because we're not going to have a car payment or or something like that, but I think at the end of the day, you should really focus on where you're at today in terms of where you're spending and kind of see if you know, it can be supportive. And then this person is not somebody who's just going to sit on the front porch all day either. He was telling me about all the um, fishing tournaments he enters in and he travels to go to these, these tournaments that take some money. Uh, He spends a lot of time with his grandchildren and and doing stuff with them. So it's also somebody who's, who's active. So um, we did discover him and we did decide to run the plan based off of where he is today. And should he want to kind of peel it off or, Pull back on some of those expenses, then at least at that point, it's more of a uh, a preferential choice.
1: I I was kind of I'm kind of surprised hearing those numbers. One hundred thousand is the spending now versus forty, the number he came up with. Is that like that? Seems like a huge discrepancy. Is that normal?
0: I do see a lot of people who say what they think that they need coming in. A lot of times, it's a lot less. It's very rare that I ever hear anybody that's kind of over estimating their budget. Most people are, are way under. Sometimes it's just, oh, I totally forgot about, you know, us going out to eat and, and traveling and our hobbies. I thought you were just talking about fixed expenses or something like that. And other times it's maybe just, you know, not really having a, a good pulse on it. Or or just, again, I think it just goes to sometimes not wanting to say, well, you know, we, we won't have the car at some point, but it's like, well, you, you do and, and you're probably going to it's not going to be the last time you buy a car either, so you know I think it's a, a little bit of a combination of of everything that seems to bring it underneath where they're really at.
1: Okay, yeah, I just thought that was kind of curious because it, when uh, we talk quite a bit about expenses, not necessarily dropping and to drop sixty percent seems like that might and, be and if, uh, optimistic. And if I
0: could, yeah, and if I could add one other thing, and and that's why we do do that kind of verify, we trust but verify when it comes to the budget. We're we do give people like a budget sheet after our, like, our first meeting if, if they want to take this. But I know that most people don't want to go and download six months or a year's worth of expenses and go and itemize them. And, and we're perfectly fine with that. And like the three-step budget process that we do, we can basically get it down to where the money's going and broad, a broad brushstroke between taxes if they're currently working. You know their, their systematic plan savings, any one time expenses, and if they're building up any like credit card debt or something like that, identifying that and basically what's left over is essentially spent money. Um, certainly they're the one time expenses or like uh, home upgrades, weddings, or college costs, and things like that. We can back out of the equation. And most people know some of the big expenses, like their mortgage or, or, or uh, property taxes, and we can back them out and, and get to a pretty somewhat accurate number pretty quickly. And it, and people don't have to feel like they have to go and do this big budget spreadsheet, which a lot of people don't want to do that type of exercise. And we can also add in things that we know are going to be there in retirement, like say Medicare costs, and we can you know plug in some numbers there and stuff like that to make it even more of an accurate picture going forward.
1: Okay. Very good. Something just to kind of keep in mind, though, uh, on this accumulation process. All right. How about let's talk risks. I think the common thought is, and at least I, I would even assume this too, is this, you know, there's a lot of risks that you take on when you're trying to save and get to retirement. But I think you just kind of assume, okay, that's kind of behind me. I'm This this other chapter, there's not as much risk I have to worry about now that i built up my nest egg. But that's not completely true, is it?
0: No, I would say that I think the risks are kind of always there, Uh, certainly some of them that might not be there while you're getting ready for or or saving towards retirement, like you're not necessarily worried about, say, Social Security and Medicare per se, but it does affect you down the road if they make changes to Social Security and Medicare. Uh, Certainly stock market volatility and the cost of goods like inflation and where taxes are going. Those are risks I would say that are inherent today for somebody who's 20 and 30 years old, but you just maybe are not as plugged into that and you have a lot more time to deal with that issue than somebody who's entering retirement. So I I do think that they're there. I think the best retirement plans are going to be those that basically have some type of risk management associated with them where they're going to go down the kind of a checklist of some of the main And biggest potentials like taxes and what happens if it's a volatile or flat market in retirement or inflation's high or Medicare costs are higher, Social Security's reduced or taxed more, something to that extent. If you have a long-term care event, things like that, that you want to just kind of go down and, and test it for. Because I think while you're working, some of these things are hidden to some degree or masked over because you do have a job. And when things happen, you have income, you can get a loan for things, which is much harder to get a loan in retirement with no income. And on top of that, time heals all. So if, if you made a, a blunder with your savings strategy while you're 25 or 30 years old, you can certainly make up for that. These are things that, you know, it's a lot harder to make up in retirement because a lot of people are on a fixed budget. Uh, where they can't handle some big swings or changes to their financial situation or shocks, and time, right? There's less time. You're a little bit older, so there's less time for things to heal and, and fix themselves as well. Yeah,
1: that makes a lot of sense. Um, how about taxes? Taxes is are a, a very common conversation for us here, and I know you focus quite a bit on that with your toolkit and, and helping people with their tax planning, which is very vital as we talk about. But you know, I think when we look at Tax consequences down the road. I know we think about it a lot as we're bu- as we're building our nest egg and where we're allocating our money. But once you get into this decumulation stage, you really have to be keeping those things kind of top of mind, right?
0: Absolutely, and I think that almost goes back to your point of the first question or the first point of it, saying there's a lack of lack of support out there when it comes to people uh, getting help in the decumulation phase. I, I know that recently I spoke with somebody who came into our office that said that they're only here, they have another advisor, their other advisors said that unless that they are actually retired, they don't even really need to worry about it. And the person said, you know, it didn't really seem to make sense to me because I'm only about four years away from retiring. I I thought it would make some sense to do some planning. And when he pressed the advisor a little bit further, he's just like, yeah, I I just don't really focus that much on those types of other topics. So that you know that, made, that makes sense uh, for that person to basically tell their client that you don't need to worry about retirement planning until you're retired because it's not something that they had any interest in advising on, right? But I think that that's one of the biggest things where we're helping our clients is, is tax planning. And it's so important when it comes to retirement planning because you need to net or maximize out your after-tax income. So most or a lot of people have a good amount of their money in pre-taxed accounts that they've never paid taxes on. So a good retirement planner is going to have some good software or some tax advising team that can help identify ways to reduce your lifetime tax liability, meaning the way that you take income from all your different sources of income over time or over a year by year looking at your different sources of income to identify, you know, how can we reduce how much is being taxed? So, for example, this week, we also had somebody that we ran an analysis on. It's a new person that we, they're not a client at this time. They have interviewed some other advisors and he kind of shared with me what they were proposing and everything really surrounded around how his investments were invested. But one of the biggest opportunities for this person, I said, was looking at the way that you're actually taking your income sources. He was going to retire in a, in a year. Uh, it'll be 65. And he planned to start Social Security at that time. And he had a small pension. And when you combine the the two Social Securities and a pension, it was going to be about $75,000, which brought them up to the top of the 12% tax bracket. That means that any additional income from his IRA and 401ks was basically going to come out at 22%, which is a big jump going from 12 to 22%. And so what I explained to this person, I said, look, certainly can do it this way. looks like you're going to be just fine. But another opportunity, I'm not sure if you spoke much about it with anyone else in your interview process is that we could delay your social security out to 70 for you and your spouse, bringing it out for another five or six years to to delay it, and we start to do some Roth conversions or spend down your nest egg, which basically he had 95% of all his money in IRA type of buckets, and get about $400,000 worth over the four years or so out of his IRA at about 11%, which was a very significant change, uh, reduction of taxes over that uh, four-year period. So instead of taking out money at twenty two percent, which would have that same four hundred thousand dollars would have cost him eighty thousand, he was able to get it out uh at forty thousand instead of paying that eighty. So we that was a way to basically save him not only forty thousand dollars a year of taking money out of his IRA, but also he was gonna get a higher uh Social Security, which overall made his plan much stronger. So I don't know if we'll end up, you know, working together long term, but that's just kind of some of how a financial advisor who's focused on retirement income planning can really show some alternative scenarios to make it better than what, you know, common financial advice is.
1: Yeah, I think that paints a really good picture too. And and during that you, you talked about income sources, so let's talk about that as our kind of our last point here. To accumulation is, you know, you build it up these assets, right? And you're worried about Having enough money in retirement to take care of expenses, but a big part of this is is making sure you are leveraging your lifetime income and putting those uh, those streams in place.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it's you know for some people, we'll start off the conversation about talking about guaranteed versus non guaranteed income sources. So guaranteed being certainly while you're you're working uh, your your job, right, and then you have Social Security and, and maybe a pension some people have you know purchased annuities that have income uh, lifetime income riders as well or or bought some type of lifetime income through uh, an insurance company or maybe cash value life insurance they also can provide a guaranteed income stream so we'll, we'll talk about what their preference is in terms of how much of their budget they'd like to have guaranteed uh, for some folks because they're lucky enough they they have enough coming in from uh, their pension or social care that covers the majority of it, and there's many people who might only have twenty to thirty percent coming from guaranteed income sources, and might feel a little concerned that it's um, left all up to the non-guaranteed side— their their stocks and and bonds and cash—to create the the remaining income. So, I know the uh, annuity conversation can be confusing for many because there's a lot of information out there, and depending on your how you've been shaped by your friends or family on, on that thought. It's it's a hard process to kind of go with some folks who've really you know gone down the road with an insurance person and feel like they've been burned to want to revisit that. And then there's other people who really have never crossed that bridge and who are open to exploring that more. So I don't I don't know that there's a there's not a right or wrong answer as far as I'm concerned whether or not to have more guaranteed income or not I think it's a preferential choice to the client I think it's the advisor's job to go over the pros and cons of you know ha- adding more or kind of staying where it is and and allowing the client to make the decision that's right for them I think kind of maybe a red flag for the client would be is if you go to just an insurance person to help you with your uh, retirement plan you can't be surprised if they're going to offer you an annuity. And if you're going to just an, a, a money manager, you can't be surprised if they're going to only tell you the the benefits of money management. So just make sure you try to find somebody that's impartial and, and focused on on the side of planning so that they can kind of go over the pros and cons and, and run a couple different scenarios for you to kind of talk to you about what different ways to create income in retirement.
1: Well, these are just some of the things to think about for the accumulation and make sure you do have a successful retirement. That's what you want to aim for, right? Nobody wants to have to worry in retirement and paying attention to these things will help you do that. And if you haven't checked any of these boxes off your planning list, make sure you do uh, work with an advisor. Anthony is available. You can you can schedule your free assessment now on the website, cardinalwg.com, or you can call them directly at 609 362 55, 12. Got a couple of mailbag questions that came into the show. Anthony, I'm going to throw your way if you don't mind. Got one from Deb. She says, I'm in the middle of a divorce after 30 years of marriage. Do you think I'd be better off to get half of my husband's 401k or half of his pension? I like the idea of having a guaranteed income, but I won't re- be retiring for another 10 years or so. So it's not like I need the pension right now.
0: Yeah, sorry to hear that, Deb. Uh, that's a good, good question there. So maybe it makes sense to... to- Get half of of both, and it's maybe more of an equal split for both of you. But if that's not an option, then I would probably have somebody help you run an analysis on the income that that pension's going to provide versus the nest egg, and with some growth on that nest egg when you get to retirement, kind of see what the present value of the of the pension is as, a, and see if it's about the same as the four hundred one k, or is the pension provide a lot more income than you could expect to get from the 401k if you invested on your own? So that that's probably what I would look at just to compare those two. But also taking into your account what other assets that you have, your risk tolerance, your preference for how much guaranteed income versus non guaranteed income, and if you are still working, if you are able to save uh, into your company's retirement plans or into some type of retirement plan maybe it does make sense to add the pension as a guaranteed income if you can kind of build up you know, your re- your own retirement over the next 10 years. So those are some of the things that I would probably look at and before making that type of decision.
1: Thank you for that question, Deb. I will echo Anthony's sentiments. Sorry that you're having to deal with that, but uh, definitely want to get as much help as possible to get you through that process, especially from the financial side. Uh, another question from Patty, <laughs> kind of similar here, but my husband and I argue about money almost every day because we just haven't done a great job of planning for retirement. And it's starting to stress both of us out. Is this normal or do we need some serious help?
0: Certainly normal. I it's very common, I think, for people to feel differently about money and how to make it work for you or how to save for the long run versus say somebody who wants to spend now and enjoy it. Or if you just have different views on risk tolerance and, and things like that. I don't think that's anything uncommon. We we see a lot of spouses who have different input in terms of how they envision spending their money, saving their money, investing their money. And oftentimes, we're just trying to find some type of common ground amongst the two to make it work. So I don't think that that's anything uncommon. And what I would do, Patty, is just reach out to an advisor and maybe have a plan that makes you happy, a plan that makes your husband happy, and and see about a third plan that Something that would be somewhere in between that you both can compromise on that that works for both you. And if if that doesn't work, then maybe it does make sense to also speak to somebody else to to help with some of the compromising. Because as uh, I continue to learn, right, marriage is about compromise, right?
1: Absolutely. But as I think, a lot of people are probably happy to hear you say that's fairly normal. Um, a lot of us go through it. So hang in there, Patty. And uh, it's always good to work with an advisor. And Anthony always helps couples sort these things out and I'm happy to do so with you as well. But there is a plan in place for you, uh, or there is a plan out there for you, I should say, that you can put in place. Um, so you definitely want to get with someone sooner than later to start working on those things. But we appreciate both the questions today here on All Things Retirement. If you ever have something on your mind, please do send it in to us. CardinalWG.com is the website. And the number to reach Anthony if you want to talk more about anything on your mind or the decumulation process. As always, you can call him at 609 362 5512. All right, Anthony, got to get out of here today. We appreciate the time as always and uh, look forward to talking to you here
0: pretty soon. Thanks, Ben. Have a great day.